0: Welcome to TechNado with Don Pezet, featuring CIS admin expert Don Pezet, security specialist Daniel Lowry, and Peter.
1: Hello and welcome to TechNado. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam. That's not me there. That is a, a varmint that has gotten into our Christmas tree, uh, a la uh, National Lampoon's Christmas. He is in the spirit, though. Yeah. Oh, he's totally in the spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were trying to come up with names for him the other day when we did the 12 Days of IT giveaway in here. Uh, Nothing stuck. Uh, I mean, Rocky, you know. But we don't want to name him after other Nothing cliche. He's his own squirrel. He is. Tree rest. Or she. Uh, Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) All right. Well, like I said, welcome to TechNado. We're in the festive holiday spirit here. I've got Don Pezet with me. Don, how are you doing?
2: I am doing great. Glad to be be back in the... uh, the United States. So. I'm glad you didn't pick up an accent like Madonna. Yeah. I know I, I was there for a week. It seems like yeah. that's long enough, right? Long Enough
1: for her. Yeah. yeah.
0: And Daniel, how are you? I'm confused now that you're allowed to just pick up accents at this point, and like, uh, it was weird. Then well, too. you know. you
2: have to marry Guy Ritchie. But okay. once, I, I mean, that, that's yeah. the secret.
0: Maybe that's that's what's yeah, up, really but. disappointed. You didn't answer with an accent when I should I do the that? entire episode in an accent? I.
2: Sure, that'll offend someone. <laughs> if Only not just if, our ears. If yeah. I am that, am I allowed to do it? Only if we can get you a monocle. Oh, okay. Like if if yeah. you want to do a proper British accent, you need a monocle. Yeah, I believe it's. Yeah. yeah, You didn't pick any up at the at the airport store. I I didn't have a chance to run by the monocle shop. Which which yeah. British accent do you go with?
0: There are so many. The posh accent. You've got Cockney, right? Yeah, got yeah. Their
2: Welsh. I think as an American you have to do the cockney like like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang That's what they all talk like I believe (laughs) I'm
1: not mistaken. All right, well, let's get to the news before we get ourselves in any more trouble uh, here. internationally. Internet, yeah. yeah, before we <laughs> create an international incident yeah. and the embassies get involved. Uh, our first article today comes to us from TheVerge.com. Microsoft Teams adds free communities feature to take on Facebook and Discord. Uh, so Microsoft is taking the best parts of Teams and packaging them up for groups and communities to use freely. And th- there was already a free version of teams right like yes but what so what is different now that that i wasn't getting before with that
2: all right so there is a there is a free version of teams and it's designed to allow you to do basic video calling and to access teams that are being hosted in paid accounts right so not really designed to be super standalone i mean you could do some like set up friends and just basic chats and all but it's not terribly fleshed out feature-wise and a lot of that is because it was really Microsoft's response to the pandemic. So they they rushed development on it, trying to get as many features in there as they could so that it could be a competitor with Zoom. They wanted people to be able to have meetings and invite people outside of their organization without the people outside the organization having a paid account. So that's where the free functionality came from. But
1: how much of that was just... Putting a new face on Skype, because they own Skype, which, <laughs> yeah. which was what surprised me so much when the pandemic happened. They're like, check out this new thing, as opposed to,
2: you've already got Skype. You bought that. You know, some Skype technology did get leveraged, but a lot of this is really built off of SharePoint. And it, it, Teams is really just putting a fancy face on SharePoint. Interesting. Uh, and the video conferencing was laid on top of it. A lot of that is new development. And they, they did leverage some of the intellectual property from is Skype. That why right? it's so slow and
0: sketchy? Well... <laughs>
2: The, the main reason that performance sucks on it is that it's an Electron app. Oh. And so most people don't realize that, that when you're in the desktop app. I think you've
0: said that before.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And, and so, it's in Azure, which is really... <laughs> I assume. Yeah. So I've been curious now that the pandemic has kind of ended, everybody's gone back to normal. So is Microsoft going to continue cultivating this? And it turns out they are. And they are working on a major refresh of the Teams app. So a brand new 2.0 version of the Teams app that's designed to fix a lot of the issues that we have right now, especially performance. But they are continuing to develop their free offering. So, you know, there's services out there like Discord that a lot of people use. Now, do you guys use Discord? I don't personally. I've I've been on a couple of Discord
1: right. channels oh, for I'm like specific same. things, but not
2: you know daily basis kind of. Thing. All right. Well, I I'm not a big gamer, but yeah. I that's I, probably why we don't get into Discord. Yeah. Well, I, I use it to talk to my brothers and yeah. my my nieces and nephews. Like they're they're all on Discord, <laughs> so like th- that's how I because I they're not, not answering on. their phone. I'll get on Discord. They'll be there. <laughs> hey, if, if I want to get a response from my little brother and yeah. I, I text him, I'd get a faster response in Discord. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, that's a fact. So uh, uh, so, so Microsoft is trying to basically get in on that space. And honestly, Discord, because they were focused on gamers, not really a professional service, a lot of people doubt whether they can leverage that in a business manner. Well, Teams will be able to step in and provide that. And they're they're doing a free community feature Direct you know, as direct competition to Discord, so it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. I predict if we're we're not doing predictions yet, go for but it. it. I'll just go ahead and throw one
0: out there because I think this is something I I kind of mentioned to Dom before we started this episode. This will be the C two traffic of choice <laughs> for 2023 or whenever the hell it drops. You know, uh, as soon as it's available, you have a free communications channel that is probably not going to get blocked by a whole lot of ingress egress, right? Because it's coming and going from Microsoft. So thank you for <laughs> you know the free new way to uh, start sending my uh, or exfilling my data from compromised systems.
2: You know I've never looked at I've never looked at Teams to see like does it have a fully featured API that you can interact with? Um, you know I don't know if Teams does, but even
0: if it doesn't use an API, there might be other ways to do it just through like just plain good old fashioned REST. Like
1: while, while you're looking at curl or whatever, I want to ask Daniel uh, for you know.
0: Using my role here as the idiot, uh, what is the, the, you said a C2? Yeah, command and control. So if, if I were to compromise a server in your network, yeah. I now need to have some asynchronous capability that allows me to have the exfiltrate data, to give mm-hmm. it commands, and control the agent that's on your system to make it do X, Y, or Z. And sometimes that will mean, hey, create an, uh, a synchronous tunnel that I can yeah. you know, interact with. In real time, but usually it's through some sort of like uh, send a command and wait kind of system, right? Gotcha. And it's usually done through some channel that's not being monitored or can't be monitored and or blocked. So web traffic is great for that. DNS traffic is great for that because I need DNS traffic if I'm running a network. I need web tra- if traffic if I'm running a network because my users are going to be making web requests. And if they get nothing, then they're not going to do a whole lot of business, so that is the traffic of choice. And HTTPS is even better because it's encrypted, mm-hmm. right? And you can use secure DNS and all sorts of great stuff.
1: So the so. messages are encrypted. So, Because I see this being the new forum for for terrorists.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not, well, I mean, yeah. They, they'll be like, oh, we can ditch all these old things that are getting yeah. blocked. Because you know, they come up with ways to kind of uh, IP addresses that are known and sure. and ways in which they see... That they uh, communicate, so try to cr- create something unique that they can identify as c C two, so
2: they can block it. Um, but now this is all
0: new, so they'll have a new vector to go through.
2: I I would I, I could see like some of the malware groups making use of this. Yeah. I, I I don't think terrorists would really, because this service is ultimately controlled by Microsoft, that is very mm-hmm. friendly with government. Yeah. And uh, I believe when he said terrorists, he meant APT. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. That's that, that's fair. So it uh, Teams doesn't have its own dedicated API, but it uses the Microsoft Graph API, oh. which used to just be for reporting on like behaviors and things. But now the Graph API exposes a lot more functionality. So I I bet you could yep. leverage that in a way to communicate. I Actually, yeah. like thought of a way to do to use the Virus Total
0: API to do that, but it says in their terms of service, don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like I'm not gonna be a total Kill all the fun. Yeah, and and do that, but APIs are fun. By the way,
2: wherever my camera is, <laughs> there's no tally lights. <laughs> well, suffice it to say, Teams is going to continue evolving in 2023. We'll see that new version drop, and uh, yeah, the Microsoft's all in. Well, speaking of Microsoft,
1: our next article stays on that same subject. Uh, this is from xda-developers.com. Uh, the snipping tool in Windows 11 is becoming a screen recorder. Microsoft has announced that the snipping tool uh, will double as a screen recorder, something the OS has been lacking. Because I think up to this point, you've needed Camtasia or one of those. I
0: thought micro- I thought Windows had a, a recording feature. Does it? So yes. It
2: does, uh, but... Peter, I don't blame you for not knowing that. Well, one, because well, you on sure right? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but even as a Windows user, you might not know that it's there because it's part of the Xbox game bar. Uh, and what? And so if... yeah, because oh, that's who would use it. To, well, there's do, also yeah.
0: that, like, steps recorder
2: thing, right? Uh, the problem steps recorder doesn't record video, though. It records screenshots. Just your screen. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: because in the Mac, I know, you know, you do the... What shift command for to get the snipping tool, yeah, but then you've got to go through QuickTime to do the screen recording, so it's yep. separate. I like
0: yeah, this yeah. that it's one, one just one thing, tool. To and that's probably all. what yeah. they were thinking.
2: It, it makes sense, and you know, the snipping tool itself has gotten really oh, good in, in Windows 10 and Windows 11, and uh, internally in, in our day job, I get a lot of requests for people wanting Camtasia or Snagit licenses. And nine times out of ten, they don't need it. They can yeah. use the hey, tools. Say, why do you know? There. Yeah, do you know <laughs> that you have that already? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now, if, if they want to drop arrows on there and highlight things and, and do all the fancy stuff, then yeah, all right, that's where Camtasia comes in. You need that or or snag it. But for most people, being able to quickly record your desktop for you know a tutorial for somebody or or something that happened in a video game, I guess that makes sense. But Having it in a normal tool that's available, to everybody, I think, is really cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Those normally grab the the audio as well that's that's going with that uh, screen recording.
2: So yeah. it in in tools like Snagit, it, it's up to you. You choose whether you want to record system audio and your microphone audio. Okay. This tool hasn't released to the public yet, so I don't know how Microsoft is doing it. Yeah. Uh, but I I I mean, it makes sense to record at a minimum the system audio. I don't right. know about recording your microphone. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that it
1: it's it's easier to Record the screen on my iPhone than it is in a in a Mac because I've got to, yeah. you know, go open this program, do this thing. I'm supposed to just
0: swipe down and, and push and it. And honestly, if you need to record audio and screen and everything, Zoom will do that, hmm. honestly. And most people have Zoom at this point, so... Yeah. What about Teams? Does Teams, teams have that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, As I hear it's. Yeah. it's I'm like using it for sending C2 traffic. Well, yeah. I mean, all right. So, <laughs> Not Teams. Not recording.
2: <laughs> you, could, you could go into a Teams meeting, record the meeting, and then share your desktop. Could you be in a Teams meeting just yourself?
0: <laughs> yes, you can. You can. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's lonely. It really it's makes, you, it makes you reevaluate your life. Me. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, I'll tell you, and and this is probably another one of those features that exists, and I just don't know where it exists. But the one thing I miss in Slack was having. Slack. A, <laughs> yeah, was having a channel with yourself where I could put notes or ah. you know copy things.
2: That. Where do you do that in Teams? So it, it annoys the hell out of me because I keep removing it and it keeps coming back. When when you go to chat, yeah, and you look at all your history of chats, at the very top should be you. <gasps> yep. That's true. And and every time I remove it, Last it puts the damn thing live. back. <laughs> I'm not going to chat to myself. That's stupid. But I mean, you I'm, your need is not stupid, Peter. I'm sure it's very useful. I mean, you are. But, but... <laughs> um... <laughs>
1: this is your space. Use it for drafts. And Look,
2: there you go. See? I've been up there the
0: whole time. Don sent me you a know. Teams message. says, Peter is a useless person. Oh, and, wait. I shouldn't have said that.
2: <laughs> you know, I think this teaches us something about UI UX, right? Because it's yeah. easy to make fun of people that do UI UX as a profession. But here's a great example of where yeah. this has been... Not just on your screen, but, like, front and center. Uh, and you Slack, never it's, saw it. It's along
1: with the other direct messages. I'm just a person in Slack.
2: Yeah. Interesting.
1: But you what didn't... about Discord? Can you do it in Discord? Uh, that I don't know. Just, just create a Discord channel. And uh, don't invite anybody to honestly, it. it's helpful sometimes <laughs> when you're on your phone and you want to send something, you know, to have for later when you're on your computer and, and all that kind of stuff, too. That so. would be my guess. Yeah. Well, very cool. Uh, I've learned something today. And... Isn't that what that's, this is all about? That's a rare <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every yeah. day I'm confronted with new information, but yeah. today I actually absorbed it. it, it. Yeah. Yeah. It
2: assimilated it into which your is, person, which is important. Today I learned that sometimes yeah. you have to do bad things and it comes with consequences. Yeah. Who wants a body massage? <laughs> yeah. Body massage. Body massage. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other one that I love? The pork sandwich. A oh, pork chop sandwiches.
1: <laughs> <Pork laughs> sandwiches. Pork chop sandwiches. Yeah, if you I haven't can't looked finish up that the, one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the G.I. Joe. Um, <laughs> I mean, what would you call it like bad PSAs? Yeah. yeah,
0: but it's like the yeah they've overdone. That was like when the internet was really fun. Yeah, I'm a yeah. computer. Stop <laughs> all the downloading.
1: Yeah, who wants <laughs> a body massage?
2: Yeah, they got in uh, trouble uh they did. it was it was like fair use for a while, but then when they started selling T-shirts, that's uh, when they got that's when in they trouble. Crossed the yeah. All yeah.
1: right. Fair enough. It's all
0: fun and games until someone sells a shirt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we should rename this the TechNado Microsoft Podcast because I, I like our next article Microsoft. yeah, mm-hmm. it's from ArsTechnica.com. Support for Windows 7 and 8 fully ends in January, including Microsoft Edge. Even businesses that, that will pay for it won't even get Windows 7 security updates. So uh, now's the time. This Hacker. business
0: doesn't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: I mean, wait, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. So when yeah. we say including Microsoft Edge, are we saying including past versions or including the versions that specifically run on Windows 7 and 8?
2: Uh it uh, it's that, but it's also the original version of Edge. Remember how when Edge launched originally it, it had its own web renderer it and it wasn't that they Chromium? Switched to Chromium? Okay. Yeah. yeah, and so that that previous version is fully dead now or will be in January. Uh it it's weird that we have to report on things like this because <laughs> Windows 7 support has ended multiple times, (laughs) and (laughs) Windows 8 support has ended multiple times, but there's always been some kind of back channel where you've been able to pay to get updates, and some really, really large organizations like entire branches of the military have been paying for these updates because they're not ready to move beyond that operating system. Well, in January, even those back channel methods are ending, and I... I've seen Windows 7 systems in the wild as recently as last week. Mm. So, you know, they're they're still out there. And now it's just it's a high risk thing. So it, it you 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 could see a Windows 7 machine in the in the wild and just assume, oh, they must be paying for updates. But as of January, that's not the case anymore. So if you have any Windows 7 systems in your environment, you you need to be phasing them out and Windows 8 as well. If you can't phase them out, so let's say you have a piece of scientific equipment or something that relies on Windows 7 to run, you've got to isolate it from the network. You've got to it's saying you have a rover
1: on Mars
2: <laughs> that you can't yeah? physically get to. I mean that that's realistic. Like you might have a Didn't Windows talk 98 machine. We talked about
1: that once on like it was like Voyager or one of those things was running. Yeah, something that is yeah. Windows created. 7. Yeah, yeah.
2: something ancient. <laughs> they launched it in, in you know, the seventies. It's 70s. Vista. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and they got an early preview, and yeah. that, that's going to happen. And yeah. you can isolate. I, I know. I, I used to work at a bank, and we had it was this a teller. We had the, <laughs> not as a teller, but we had this one system that connected to the Fed, so it did wire transfers for us. Yeah. And so every night at whatever time it was, two in the morning or something, it would what time is that you it had would to make connect sure on a bezzling
0: didn't get caught. <laughs> it
2: would connect on a special line to transmit all the wire transfers and download wire transfers from the Fed. And so it was a very sensitive system. Yeah. And it, I don't, I don't remember which operating system it was tied to, but it was an, an unsupported operating system. Uh. And so we basically had to have that computer run directly to a dedicated firewall that was just for that system uh, to be able to control and IC. There was whatever. one rule,
0: only allow traffic from this IP. Yeah. I mean, the
2: end. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's what we had to do is the only way we could ensure that system stayed safe.
1: Yeah. And, then, and then you rounded up just
0: the fraction of the pennies.
1: <laughs> that's right. We'll yeah. notice. Yeah. Decimal.
0: It's not a <laughs> mundane detail there, Don. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Federal prison.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, uh yeah, it's a lot of Microsoft news this week, but I think when we get into the second half here, yeah, we're we're moving a little bit to security and a little bit of hardware as well. But before we do that, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back after this on Technado. <laughs>
0: Who wants a body massage? Body massage. Mm-hmm.
1: In the 15 minutes it'll take someone else to set up the tree, you could watch an entire IT Pro episode. Get started on your IT journey today at ITPro.tv with video training for CompTIA, Microsoft, Cisco, Linux, Apple, security, cloud, and
2: more.
0: Are you satisfied with your current level of
2: skill? And if not, what are you doing to remedy that? So, if you're just getting started in IT, I think there's core foundational skills that you need.
1: Post exploitation lateral movement is a way that you can absolutely implement your firewalls to maximum effect to make a hacker cry. And remember,
0: every time a hacker cries, collect their tears. It makes the best wine. You fail your way forward. IT Pro TV, hands down, has been one of the best training providers that i've ever had the pleasure of using personally and just working with in general i'm going to solve all your beers.
2: it's tough to sit and watch a course when you're just it's just dry so y'all make it fun
0: <laughs> but we're gonna have a ton of fun this, this is always a party daniel that is insane and awesome all at the same time
1: All right, welcome back to TechNado, and uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit extra of me in the commercials there. You guys didn't get to see it, but yeah. made some some holiday themed commercials
2: there. Wow, the uh, value of production's really gone downhill, or yeah, here. We're really gonna see sales go through
1: the roof. Yeah. <laughs> that one,
2: yes.
0: <laughs> we saw that IT Pro TV, and that was <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> was a little rough. Oh,
1: guys, it's going downhill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of holiday shopping, I think this next article uh, will tell us a little bit about uh, what you can expect soon. Uh, but this is a déjà news article.
0: News. Déjà news. news. It's Deja,
1: I'd like to thank our trainee director, uh, <laughs> who is back there today, uh, filling in for titus appreciate it that is how i make sure that i'm blurry for the rest of the show by (laughs) insulting the director but uh He'll
2: stretch uh, your yeah. picture, yeah. <laughs> like add 30 pounds. Yeah, so. the camera added a little bit more today. <laughs> it's not
1: just holiday eating. Uh, all right. <laughs> this article is from, For I am blurry now. No, it's happening. You've
0: been injecting, like, nachos. In Actually, <laughs> that's the best my skin has ever looked on this show. I'm like,
1: uh, that woman or Carrie Lake, the woman running for governor out in uh, Arizona, like, every time she would do an interview, like, from her they house on zoom. zoom, blur. It was that no, it was just the soft filter. Oh, yeah, you know, it looked yeah. like like well, you're coming to us from a dream. <laughs> but anyway, uh this article just a is smudge from lens. <laughs> yeah, just, I put Vaseline on all the yeah. lenses that are going to be facing so fun. me beforehand. Uh, this is from Ferronics.com. Raspberry Pi supply chain issues beginning to ease up, and I know we talked a couple weeks about how impossible this was uh, to to get a Raspberry Pi, but we're saying that. Now they're – Still impossible. Still impossible. Well, they're they're at least on Amazon for an incredible amount of money.
2: Yeah, so uh, the CEO of the Raspberry Pi organization, which I've forgotten their actual name, but he came out a few weeks ago and said, Look, I know nobody can buy a Raspberry Pi right now, but we're doing something to fix it. Eben,
1: Eben Upton. Yes,
2: that's it. Uh, He used some ambiguous terminology, and so people really began to wonder, and I'm one of them. I I wondered whether or not he was actually going to be able to resolve this issue. So now he's trying to back it up with real, actual facts. Madness, right? Um, Basically, what he said is, according to their supply chain, they're about to receive 100,000 Raspberry Pis of different SKUs. And that means that they'll be able to put those on the market and start to alleviate some of the pressure. Yeah. And that supply chain is now picking back up and, and moving things along. They also cost 100000 <laughs> Well, yeah. They, they can't be expensive. Uh, but the he says that by the end of second quarter, so going into like July of next year, things should be back to normal, which means you'll be able to get a Raspberry Pi for $45 instead of the exorbitant fees. And we reported on it last time it was like $225. Yeah. They, Ferronix uh, has it uh, screenshot at one hundred so it's come down a bit.
1: And that's that says from the Raspberry uh, Pi store. So this is not like third party sellers trying to just. You know, I I do not think that's true. No, okay. Um, I, well, think I guess the
2: Raspberry store is not. It, it's a link pie that pie says store. visit the Raspberry Pi store. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that price is from them because they they don't. The Raspberry Pi organization is not scalping on prices That's like this. True. Yeah, uh, it's third-party sellers that do it. It's really frustrating because these are supposed to be in the device of or in the hands of hobbyists and people who are trying to learn. Uh, Raspberry Pi will be increasing the prices on some of their models, but. It's just like a five dollar increase. Yeah, so it's what it's not something significant. i
1: significant. I'm not familiar with these ones. The Raspberry Pi Zero. Mm-hmm. And, so I have and one the W. that says five uh, from five dollars to ten dollars. What is that? Because
2: I don't know what the real. hell
0: they're talking about. Because I'm on Amazon right now and there's sixty bucks, hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: so it's he, it's I mean, dropping. Yeah. He's saying that you know it, it won't get back to normal until about July. Yeah. And then after that, things should be back at the normal. This says
0: due to the ongoing manufacturing constraints, the Raspberry Pi Zero price is being cre- increased from five dollars to ten dollars. And oh, the Raspberry Pi Zero W the price is up from, from them. To 10.
2: So if somebody had it legit in stock and was selling it for retail, those Gosh. are the prices. Yep. So
0: this Amazon thing is
2: not. That'll be a third party seller okay. who's scalping the price. Okay. Scalping is not the right word. What is that? Price gouging. Price gouging. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Is that
1: offensive now? I know there was a Seinfeld about that. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh,
2: good point. Probably the cigar store Indian. I right. find you offensive. Definitely price gouging. Then yeah, we'll um, go with gouging. So <laughs> we'll go with that. So uh, uh, the Raspberry Pi Zero is a it's a, a slower one. It's got a, a slower processor on it, and it doesn't have a lot of physical ports. So like it doesn't have okay. a physical network jack and so on. It's got the headers. You can solder it on there. So if you're you're doing like some kind of embedded device, it's very useful for that, mm-hmm. uh, or really purpose driven. So I, I I use them for a couple of things. And there's also the uh, Oh, the what's the, the Pi 2040 or something like that? Which is the, the Pico. The Pico, yeah. yeah. They list uh, the W on here, too. Is that, that's that's, that's the wireless. It's got wireless. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's got Wi-Fi, which just made me think of that old Flash cartoon. Yeah. The, they got Death Star. They got Death Star. Do you remember that one? The
0: Strong Bad? And, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah uh, anyway. Homestar Runner. Homestar Runner, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, We're taking people back.
2: To the yeah, 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 reaching back. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so d- according to them, the supply chain will be cleared up by July. So if you need a Raspberry Pi, hang in there. Don't pay the exorbitant prices right now. Uh, hopefully in about six months, you'll be back in business.
1: All right. Sounds good.
2: I think I can hold out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on. This
1: next one is uh, from one of my favorite segments, which is dough. All right. Uh, this comes to us from securityaffairs.co. Don't put that M on there. You'll get to the wrong site. <laughs> All right. Uh, experts devised a technique to bypass web application firewalls of several vendors. So that's interesting to me that it's something that wouldn't just apply to one specific person, but they found something that, that could be used across a lot of different places. So how how's this one work?
2: All right, well, let's start with web application firewalls, right? So, if you're not familiar with WAFs, you really should be. With web applications, you you know, you have to open up TCP port 443 for HTTPS communications. You pretty much have to let the whole world get at it, right? So, a normal firewall isn't really going to give you much protection once you open the the critical port like that. What a web application firewall does is it sits in between like a proxy and it looks at the URLs that are being requested, so what you're sending as a connection string uh, from your browser, and it looks for patterns that match certain attacks and allows you to filter them out. So it, it's a web application filter, uh, but it's a firewall. So that's what WAF stands for. Well, one thing that's it's, not it's highly not a publicized, cardi B song is that uh, slightly different. Oh, yes, okay. so this this is a. Uh, Wet application firewall. And, uh, <laughs> and so so what's not highly publicized is that almost every WAF out there, in fact, every WAF I've ever touched, is really just running Snort under the hood. Uh, so Snort is an open source filter that anybody can download and, and install and run. What you're really paying for when you buy a WAF solution from a commercial vendor are the rules. They write custom rules, and they're highly specialized. And tailored to various services. Uh, a great example of that is Securi. Securi is a, a company that specializes in protecting uh, WordPress servers. So they have a WAF that they've created with a ton of rules all built around WordPress attacks. But if you don't run WordPress, then all of a sudden that's not a very useful thing for you. Uh, but many vendors like uh, Imperva and a few others, they make WAFs that are designed to be a little more general. And so what these attackers found was—I uh, shouldn't call them attackers, right? These were researchers. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they found was that they found a novel method where they could confuse the WAFs. And this worked on Palo Alto, F5, Imperva, Cloudflare, like big names. Wow. We're not talking yeah. about like your Papa Joe's WAF or anything. This is- <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you got know something use. against
0: Papa Joe's WAF? <laughs> laugh? <Huh? laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? Yeah, after you got a no the shark.
2: Uh, Cardi B um, should put
1: out her own WAF, yeah. by the way.
2: There, there could be I mean, the, the, that would be the marketing would, that would be fantastic through yeah. the roof. Uh, the cover it in sequins and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, but what they did is they basically took that URL and they found that if they tried to do a, a SQL injection or something like that in the connection string, the WAF would catch it. But if they just stuck some JSON onto the end of it, it would confuse the WAF. The WAF wouldn't expect JSON to come in and it wouldn't be able to interpret it and it would just let it pass through. And so, they immediately found a very easy way to completely bypass everything the WAF did and it worked across all these vendors because they all share a common engine so pretty shocking stuff
1: that's like almost like finding a, a chromium flaw and then you could use it across
0: multiple browsers yeah like that yeah. okay yeah
1: did they responsibly disclose this
0: yes that's good yes there's just patched at this so point they, they were researchers that were working uh for this um specific company which is called Wait for it. Cl- Clarity. Clarity. Spelled weird. Clarati. Yeah. C L A R O T Y. So they are researchers for Clarity that were uh, testing the Clarity product. And then they realized they had a SQL injection. They were like, well. Because Clarity is one of the companies. If that you're uses. internal to the network, yeah. If you're internal to the network, this works. But now we have to get past a WAF if I'm coming externally. So that's when they started trying to figure out how can we get it. Now, what's interesting. So I read the Clarity researchers blog on how they discovered this and some of the you know snags and hangups that went through it and it, it actually wasn't very easy because even though they were able to bypass the uh, the WAF things were still not not perfect and it was weird and they had to use ASCII text and hmm. as for front and back they couldn't just get text back it was really crazy on how they got around things but Ultimately, they were able to use JSON, right? What I found was interesting is most WAFs, I would assume, would do things like, if you look at the end on, you got it kind of up on the screen, you know, folks are listening at home, they're using a single quote to inject with. You can see that in the screenshot, right? Most things are like, that's the simplest filter you can put into places to go. I don't allow single quotes. They should have started right there, and it would have been dead in the water. <laughs> like, yeah. no single quotes, uh, what's going on here? I, th- I thought that was interesting that it allowed single quotes.
2: It, it It is bizarre, um, but it worked. It did. And and they got through. So it, it is something that's being patched across these devices. Uh, for me, I, I look at it as uh, we hear so much about the OWASP top 10. Yeah. Right? Here's these 10 vulnerabilities you need to protect from. Most of the WAFs that are out there will protect you from eight of the top 10 that are out there. And so for enterprises, this is what blocks that off. Well, if you have a bypass of this nature, imagine all of a sudden being opened right back up to the OWASP top 10, like just a huge amount of risk. So this this is a big one uh, just because we've become so reliant on WAFs. And not everybody uses that. And if you don't have web applications, if you have other types of applications, this doesn't matter to you. So it's not a... Giant red light. It makes it onto CNN, like mm. like uh, Specter and Meltdown, cool plus and all those they, guys.
0: They they didn't say there was any kind of like compromise due to this ex- uh, vulnerability either. That they discovered it. They yeah, have they quietly close. patched it. Yeah. And
1: so, w- would this is this common like in a pen test where you might be like, hey, I'm pen testing the IT Pro website, and then I find a problem with. Some other vendor that, you know, we were able to find this bigger issue. So
0: in a pen test, it's possible, but usually pen tests are so short in nature, right? You maybe get a, a week, maybe two, mm-hmm. right? It's where it's they go beyond that. Uh, and you're basically going, hey, find that low-hanging fruit. Yeah. If we've made a mistake, we need to know about it ASAP, and you're probably checking off some compliance box where you're required. You'll notice this was a research team that works for the company that makes the software, mm-hmm. right? So this is an internal team that they—that's their job—is yeah. to research that that specific thing, and that's 24/7, 365. That's how they live their life. And when they find something, they go, "Oh, okay, now we got a problem. We got to fix it." Yeah. So time is always an attacker's best friend, is because they can continually just hammer away and learn and and figure out how things are working and if changes have made, how does that affect what we know about the system already? So they have all this time on their hands. It's nice when companies have the capability to have their own internal testing teams to look for stuff like this, especially if they don't want to make it open to the world, do something like a bug bounty uh, program where you have external researchers doing this on their own time, kind of um, crowdsourcing the research that would go into this. So more times, the more eyes that are on the project, you're going to more likely find those vulnerabilities and be able to plug them up. So this is a this is always a nice to have, <laughs> uh, not always um, something that someone does have though because it's expensive.
2: Yeah, yeah. and I, I think a lot of pen testers they come into an engagement with a, a toolbox of attacks that they're already familiar with. Right. And that's what they're applying. And, and the more senior the pen tester, the more attacks they've learned over the years. And maybe they've even got a couple of zero days they're toting around, but not normally. Because yeah. normally when they find a zero day, that's where they work with the to get it patched right. and disclosed. Because well, they that. get a lot of publicity for that as well. Oh, no absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you're going to get CVEs on your name and your company gets to be like— uh, In all these articles. Yeah, connected things. with yeah. that
1: stuff. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I I keep looking at the the author's photo for this, thinking it's David Copperfield, um, but no, it Here's is Pierre Luigi. It's on the right hand side of the article, oh,
0: top, at the top. Yeah, there you go. Uh, gotcha. There. That there. wasn't an ad. I was no, not looking at Pierre Luigi Paganini. Paganini. Paganini, something like that. But it's not. It's, it's not Pierre Luigi. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. I get what you. Got. And his last name is Paganini. Is that the author of the article? I thought that was yeah. an ad for a book. No, if you scroll. Yeah, yeah, the very top. He is the author of the article. Oh, okay.
2: Luigi. All right. Well. But maybe know. it's also an ad for his book. I think Peter is endorsing this book. Go out and buy <laughs> Digging the Deep Web, Exploring the Dark Side of the Web. I, I, I love always like got a hoodie Peter on, man. <laughs> At
0: what point do we ditch the cliches and just like it becomes a joke? And they stop being <laughs> accurate.
2: <laughs>
0: but
1: he's comfortable. Hackers like to be comfortable. Yeah. That's all there is to it. It's cold where a lot of those hackers, because you're in a big... You know, you got you got a bunch of servers around you. Yeah. So you got the air That's how it works. way down. <laughs> got to get that hoodie. That's important. All right, let's take a look at our last article today, which uh, is going to tell us who got pwned.
0: Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah.
1: Not gonna say anything or I'll go blurry again. <laughs> All right, this one comes to us from uh, bleepingcomputer.com. You know what's happening back there.
2: The World Cup's on. Uh, Mm. Distracting. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. I hear Russia is facing (laughs) off against Macedonia. Uh, No, that's on the battlefield, probably. That's
1: that's not the World Cup. Uh, All right, this one says, uh, Fortinet says, SSL VPN pre-auth RCE bug is exploited in attacks. But then I love the name of this this bug, the well, SSL VPN pre-auth
2: RCE bug. So, I mean, if you just boil it down to a couple of words, though, Daniel, would you agree that a pre-auth RCE bug is probably one of the worst things that can happen?
0: Yeah, absolutely. What's RCE? <laughs> RCE is a Remote Code Execution. Oh, so
2: yeah.
1: means I'm not yet authorized. Correct. But I can execute code remotely. Well, you
2: nailed it. So from my house, I could <laughs> yeah. execute See, code without you password. you get it. Wow, okay, <laughs> when, you, when you tell me what the words are. And, <laughs> And that's probably the worst that could happen. And then yeah. when you couple that, you know, the SSL VPN part, uh, the VPN doesn't really matter, but the, the SSL VPN has to be open to the internet so your customers or clients or mm. employees or whatever right. can connect to it.
0: This is the DNA for, like, worms. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, oh, I can now just create a programmatic entity that looks for and exploits said remote code because I, I don't have to be authenticated. And you'll run code I give you? <laughs> well, this is going to be special. So how was this? Was this one researchers again, or is this discovered in the wild
2: uh, via attacks? So the the information that I've seen came came from Fortinet themselves, okay. and so I'm not entirely sure because Fortinet is not a very transparent company. Yeah, they're being a little hush hush on this. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I think I've I've spoken about this in the past about how um, they. They kind of have a history of not disclosing things, and so personally, I choose not to use Fortinet equipment of any sort. Um, but in this case, they you know they have disclosed that this is out there. It's their their own vulnerability number, CWE-122, but it does have a CV attached to it. Uh, and so they've, they've got a patch. They're pushing out to get people there. It, it affects a, a number of different versions of Fortinet OS, uh, but it's somewhat unclear did did they get it from a researcher did they see it being exploited out there in the wild or what uh but it looks like it did come from a cybersecurity firm where it was discovered and then reported and patched and so this is part of a responsible disclosure campaign but i haven't seen the information from the original people that found it
0: uh i'm gonna look at this link right here and see if this is it uh, Olympia Cyber Defense is the uh, Talos Cyber Veil vale failed.
2: Oh, that might yeah. be why I didn't see it. Is it yeah. in French? It is in French. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. All right. So, that? you can that. read this, can't you? You got a little French under your hood. I can read about you a tenth of it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Where's Pierre Luigi? If
2: there's, there's yeah, a section on, like, ordering yeah. food. I'm sure he's Italian,
1: isn't he? <laughs> yeah, Pierre in there, Yeah. <laughs> It's, all right. So here's, here's my question. When you, when you put this out and say, hey, here's this problem. It does this, this, and this. You should patch. Here's the patch. Would they be better off just saying, hey, there's something bad you should patch,
2: and then we'll tell you how it works after you've all patched? Well, so disclosure rules have changed over the they years, okay. and some of this they do have to disclose. But just the nature of their devices, because these are security devices— They've got to get that information out as quickly as possible. And if the information's already in the wild, they've they've got to try and get yeah. ahead of it as fast as they can. So, you know, if you just tell your customers a patch is available, a lot of them aren't going to rush. But if you tell them well, actually it's a pre-auth RCE, <laughs> then it's a, I don't even test it. I just need to roll it out immediately yeah. because it's it's just a recipe for disaster. Um And they've had a few incidents over the years, uh, just to to add a little more to what I mentioned earlier, uh, of hard-coded user accounts, uh, backdoors available in the system for support that were exposed to attackers, uh, and other things like that. Fortinet, uh, you know, their equipment is typically lower cost than some of the other providers, right? So it's – I'm trying to be – Politically correct here, I guess. Less expensive than solutions from other vendors. Affordable is what we like to say. It's
1: cheap crap.
2: (laughs) 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 But it's not like they're the only ones affected. Cisco has had some RCEs recently and a few other ones. But this one's bad. If you use Fortinet equipment, again, you, you just need to jump out and patch as quickly as possible because this is this is a bad one. You're you're better off sticking with your Huawei and ZTs.
1: So <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Huawei they, they patch it for you,
1: right? They just no, right now. Right. Yeah, you don't have to worry we about it. We fixed the problem. <laughs> we added a few other problems yeah. for you. Well, I mean for you. Yeah. We call them opportunities. <laughs> yeah. It's a feature. There we go. <laughs> All right, guys. We uh we don't want to let you know about any webinars coming up because we've got a little bit of time before that happens. But to let you know kind of our holiday uh, schedule here, we've got the Nando this week. Next week we'll have a regular episode. And then uh, that final week, that kind of between between Christmas and New Year's time, we'll have that uh, fun episode. We'll look at some predictions, play a little game and stuff like that. So there is still content for you to enjoy uh, to get away from from the family if you need to. Uh, so don't worry. That is there. I uh, also want to invite you to head over to technado.com. Oh, uh, that reminds me. I, I uh, heard a, a joke about Don's mother. Um, <laughs> it said that um, uh, it used to be called a jumpaline until Don's mom went on it. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: oh, oh, man. That's funny. That's oh, a good one.
1: It's a trampoline. She's a tramp. Mm-hmm. Uh, just spell it out in case anybody missed it. Uh, but uh, you can. So she has no
0: home and she kind of wanders around. That's right. Yeah. That job to job. It. Yes, that's exactly
1: right. <laughs> um, but you can you can go on there and you can uh, send in some viewer mail and you can let us know uh, your yo mama jokes um, for uh, for Don's mother. And uh, you can also click that big orange button that says "Sponsored by IT Pro." You can get thirty percent off your membership to IT Pro, uh, as well as you can request a team trial and see all the great features available to teams. Uh, like the Pro Portal and all that good stuff. That's all over there at technado.com. Or as Don just told me, uh, we still do have techne.do, uh, which we have renewed for... Another three years? Three so. more years. Three more years. We're basically um, funding the entire Dominican Republic it's, government it's with the, that
2: investment. It's the only credit card charge I have that's in Dominican pesos. Oh, so, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, what did I spend? 40000 Oh no. okay. Yeah, yeah, hold yeah, on uh, actually, I spent 7000 Dominican pesos. Wow. Yeah. Which is... 45 bucks. 45 bucks for 3 years? Mhm. I
1: thought it was more. I thought it was like 70 bucks a year originally. It's it gotten that cheaper. That?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think well, I had to pay extra for like some privacy feature or whatever, but oh, sure, was, we don't need that. It was definitely under a hundred dollars USD.
1: Yeah, we don't want privacy. We want people to know about techne.do. <laughs> uh, so let everyone know. All right. Well, uh, thank you, gentlemen, and and thank you to our director. Uh, I I was just having fun at your expense. Thank you for keeping me in focus uh, throughout most of the episode, and thank you for the shot of the squirrel uh, to start <laughs> the show today. And we'll see you all next week right here in Technade.